Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we're committed to resourcing people in worshiping God and serving others meaningfully for community transformation. Here is the week's teaching. God is here. Hmm? God is here. Katondali wano. Chigwa lero. Lero. Because God is here, chigwa lero. Um, by the way, that statement can change your life. Just understanding the truth that God is not here just in the walls of church, but when you're in the bathroom, understanding that God is here. When you're having a quarrel with your spouse or a cold war, understanding that God is right there. When you're seated doing an exam or when you're signing off that check, God is there in that moment. And because God is here today, like someone said, Chigualero, you're going to be blessed. You're going to be healed. You're going to receive life. You're going to receive light from the word of God this morning. Amen. So I've been talking about grace. So amazing. And we've drilled, someone was saying that they are tired of coming to worship harvest and hearing grace over and over and over again. And so I felt like asking them, what do you want us to teach? Because grace is the gospel of God. According to Galatians, Paul tells those people that grace is the gospel of God. And whenever we talk about grace, there is something that comes up. Of course, we, the truth is that we are righteous, that we are eternally forgiven, that we are justified. We are not condemned. We have peace with God. We don't have beef between us and God. We are loved regardless of what we do or do not do. That is the truth. You are righteous before you do anything. And of course, the question usually comes up, and probably some of you have been having that question. Does that mean that we should continue to sin? Because we are forgiven, because we are righteous, because we are loved, because we are holy. We are going to deal with that question today. Is grace a license for you to sin? And let's read um, from Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6 verse 1 to 14. Let's read this together. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. 
death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, and that you should obey it in its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. NKJV. Ah, this is the word of the Lord. Yeah, you say, thanks be to God. Brethren, this is the word of the Lord. Amen. <laughs> anyway, so Paul has been drilling, telling the Romans about this incredible news, about the good news of God's grace, the good news of God's love. He's telling the church, the, the people in Rome, the church in Rome. And uh, some of the things we've been looking at, the fact that we are loved, justified by faith. In the previous chapter, chapter 5, He's just telling them that they've been justified by faith. They've been restored to a state as though they've never sinned before. They are reconciled to God. They are forgiven. He's telling these guys all these beautiful things that Christ has done for them. And like many of us, or like many of the people we share the good news of Jesus with, they had this question. I mean, the question that he asks in verse 1, Romans chapter 6, verse 1, when he says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Huh? Well, I asked myself that question so many times. In fact, one of the reasons I never believed in the gospel of grace was because of this very question. I felt like everyone who came up to talk about grace, maybe I'm the one who perceived it wrong at that time, seemed to be giving me a license to do whatever I want, Whenever I want, with whomever I want, wherever I want. Like, I felt like I was being given a license. After all, I am forgiven. And it's true that you and I are forgiven. That is true. One million percent true. But so what shall we say then to that truth? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? He says, certainly not. Scholars say that those are, he was trying to be gentle as a believer. He would have used stronger words if they were beneficial and edifying to the body of Christ. Like I feel like using some. No, certainly, certainly not. We shall not continue in sin that grace may abound. So the question is, is grace a license to live in sin? I thought about... Um, I'll give you two examples. There's one that we usually give of. When a person comes and gives you for the ladies, say it's your wedding day soon, and a person comes and buys you a very beautiful white gown. Huh? I don't know what type, I don't know what types of gown exists. I just call them gowns. Cinderella. Do people still put on Cinderella? 
mermaid. Do people still put on mermaid? <laughs> yeah. So imagine someone walked up to you and they bought you that gown. It probably cost them like uh, 500,000 US dollars. And it has pearls on it. It has diamond. It has all those precious things. And they got it and gave it to you on your wedding day. Would your first instinct be, boy, let me look for the next pool of mud and roll in that mud. After all, I have been given a white gown. Would that be your first instinct? No, it wouldn't. Why wouldn't it? Because you treasure the thing that you have been given. You know that it is precious. You know that it is beautiful. When I say precious, I think of someone. You know that it is beautiful. <laughs> you know that it is precious. Precious. I'm going to use that. You know that it is precious to you. So you, you don't just dive in the next pool of mud and start rolling in there to make sure you get dirty. If a person found you doing that, they would think something is wrong with your mental faculties. They would think you probably don't know the value and the beauty of what you have on you. Probably guys don't relate with wedding gowns. What do guys relate with? Range Rover, sport. Is that the coolest car currently? Pardon? Okay, it's one of my dream cars. A Range Rover, sport. So, <laughs> I'll use it. So they gave you a Range Rover Sport. Someone just walked out, gave you the keys to the Range Rover Sport. Brand new, parked right outside there. And you get into it and you're super excited that, boy, I got a beautiful car. Let me drive it into the wall of Worship Harvest Nalia. And you turn, you say, we go. We go way, 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 way. You start the engine and you come and crash it into the building. Someone would think you are crazy. Not think, someone would know you are crazy. Something is not working well up here. So the grace of God, the righteousness of God, we just sang, oh. Eh? What was that tune? Uh, oh, I'm the righteousness of God. <laughs> I'm the righteousness of God. It, for you to become righteous, it was costly. It cost Jesus. It cost God everything. Everything he had. It cost him his life. It cost him every, everything. He died on the cross for you and I to be eternally forgiven, to be righteous, which we are. And so, when we live a certain way that is not consistent with what Christ has given to us, then we probably do not understand the significance of the sacrifice, the significance of the gift of righteousness by faith, not by works that you and I have. Are we still together? You're looking at me very quiet. Certainly not. How shall we? Eh? We. How shall we? You and I. Who died to sin? Live any longer in it. He's asking himself, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Died in that case means uh, we are not responsive 
In our new nature, we are not responsive to sin. Your spirit is not responsive to sin. Of course, we are going to look at what causes some of us to, all of us to once in a while, fall short and do those things. But in your spirit, you are fully, fully righteous. You are dead to sin. The nature that was responsive to sin was taken away. I was thinking about a license and I imagined two things, a, a car. So imagine you are driving a car and you are one of the best drivers. Say so you're like, who? You. <laughs> Kamara. Say <laughs> so you're like Kamara. And you drive real fast. You drive real good. You hashtag stay in your lane all the time. You... <laughs> You take pictures of those who are not staying in there, even if their numbers are red and blue, or even if they start with UG and UP, <laughs> you take them and post them on the Chitimba on Facebook. And, and you're very good at it. Huh? And one time, you crash your car. And as you crash your car, you're helpless. You are confused. And someone comes in and tells you you are no longer going to be driving a car. I have given you a license. You're going to fly an aeroplane. You have not yet done flying school. What, what qualifies you is the license the guy gives you. He just gives you the license and says, look, you have crashed. You don't need to drive on the road anymore. Here is the license. Go and fly a plane. Do you know that that is what, that is what grace is? For you to drive a... Imagine, for you to drive that car, you, you needed first get a license before you drive the car. And even when you drove it in the best way possible, you still crashed. That is what sin did to us. The wages of sin is death. We crashed. And when we crashed, Jesus comes in and he says, look, I love you. You don't need to continue living on this plane of life. I need, you to ele I need to elevate you to a higher plane of life, to a higher way of living. And you don't need to first prove yourself before I give you the license to fly that plane. And so grace is just like that. He gave us a license to fly a plane. And so he sits with us in the plane. And we are supposed to be flying. Now imagine you fly. Can you imagine yourself flying a plane the way you drive a car? Of course now you can't imagine because very many of us are not pilots. <laughs> Or we don't watch documentaries about aeroplanes and things like that. The science in flying a plane is very different from the way you run your car. A compass. And so if you got up there, you are righteous, and then you said, mm -mm, I need to bring this plane back to my usual surface. So you bring the plane back to Kampala Road. Do you know the chaos you're creating? Over where? On Kampala Road. <laughs> you mean a plane can't fly there? <laughs> the buildings are too close. Okay, where do you go? Express Highway. Eh? And you try and fly the plane. It doesn't make sense. If a person found the plane there, they would be like, what's wrong with you? You're supposed to be flying high up there. What are you doing here? Children of God, that is who you are. You, you are pilot. Your life is high up there. 
It doesn't make sense for you to bring your life down to the ground. That is not what you are created to do. That's not what you are called to do as a child of God. Of course, it comes from the understanding. Because if you don't understand that you have been called to fly the aeroplane and you have a license, (laughs) you will stay down in the car. So you need to appreciate it and receive it and believe it and get into your aeroplane and fly high. Because that is what we are called to do. We cannot continue living in sin. That is not our portion in Christ. I mean, it, it just doesn't work like that. We received a new nature. We are a new creation. Romans 6, 4. Let's read this together. There, oh, there are four. We were buried with him through baptism into death. Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we should walk in the newness of Oh, finally, I got a Greek word. The Greek word for baptism in this text, you all need to listen. It is baptizo. Hmm? Now, baptizo in Greek, anyway, <laughs> anyway, like seriously, baptizo in Greek means to overwhelm by immersion and permanently change form. Um, so in, in those days, I think up to now, some people still do it, if you wanted to get a black t-shirt like this one, you'd get a white t-shirt and you'd get black dye hmm? and you'd put black dye, put a certain solution. I don't know what solution it is. You'd put the solution and you dip the white t-shirt in so that it turns black. I don't know whether that's what they still do. Some people, that is why when you wash your t-shirts, they lose... <laughs> Their color, their blackness. So they they would dip and it becomes <laughs> you buy a black t-shirt, and after some time you realize it's semi-black. Then it becomes what was that thing? Demi-semi-black. Then it becomes hemi-demi-semi-black. Yeah, you're about to give me your fees for math. <laughs> if you don't remember the, eh? was that math or music? was music. <laughs> yeah, so they would get the white shirt and immerse it in a black solution. So it's from that that they get the concept of baptism. I guess that is why people are very strong on immersion, being immersed, because it's from that root word. So we were buried with him through baptism. We were buried with Christ through baptism into death. We were immersed The sacrifice that Jesus did when he died to sin, when he died on the cross for your sin and my sin, when we receive his life, when we get born again, when we receive the life of Christ, it's like we are immersed with him. We are immersed into Jesus. We are immersed into his sacrifice. We are baptized into his death. So that means we died. We we died as Christ died. And we rose with him. We changed our nature. We are no longer a white t-shirt. If Christ was the black solution, we are the black. We we are now a black t-shirt. We are just like Christ. So he's saying, therefore, if we were buried with him through baptism into death, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we should walk in the newness of life. 
You and I are called to walk in the newness of life because that's what Christ is like. That is his nature and that is your nature. You are righteous. Christ is righteous. He manifests righteousness wherever he is. So the call for you and I is because we are buried with him, because we are dead with Christ, we are dead to sin, he's calling you and I to live the life that we ought to live, to fly the plane, not to try and bring the plane down to Kampala Road or the express highway and crush it. Say, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We have been freed from sin. Romans 6, 5 to 7. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, something I talked about, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Why? Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with. Your old man, probably one of the things that causes us to behave at times in a way that we are not supposed to behave is that some of us don't fully appreciate the truth that our old man is dead. Like he's dead, he's not there. We, we still want to have intimacy with the dead body. Yeah. That is what it looks like. I mean, isn't he dead? Your old man is dead. So when we try to partner with the enemy in doing crazy things, it's like we're having intimacy with the dead body. Which is not our nature. He was crucified with Christ. That the body of sin, the grip of sin might be done away with. The thing that sin held on to torture us, to enslave us, was done away with. Not will be done away with when you repent. It was done away with on the cross. So we just walk into it. And it says that we should no longer be slaves of sin. We are not slaves of sin because the nature, the desire, sin speaks a dead language. Uh, do you know how to speak Korean? You don't. Not even a single word. Can you come and say something to us in Korean? Yes, I am. Just to clarify, I'm not Korean, <laughs> but uh, I was exposed to that culture partly. So I'll just think of one phrase. It's Anyong Haseyo. It's the way they say. Say it again. Anyong Haseyo. Anyong Haseyo. Anyong Haseyo. What does that word mean to you? If someone came and said, yo, blessed Ivan, what's up? Like, yeah, I'm cool. What's up? Anyonga <laughs> say, I'd be like that person at point blank. That is what I would ask the person. Because I, the, the language they are speaking makes no sense to me. Look, you are dead to sin. The language sin speaks makes no sense to you. You are dead to sin. 
You are irresponsive to sin. You do not respond dead, no longer responsive. You do not respond to sin as in that is your nature. That is who you are in your spirit. I know you're asking yourself the question, okay, now, why is it that sometimes I respond? We are going to answer the question. But in your spirit, your true nature is not responsive to Anyonga Seyo. It is not. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. For he who has died, he who is not responsive, has been freed from sin. You have been freed from sin. You know that when we come to Christ, your spirit, and the scripture says that all things have become new and all things are of God, it is happening in your spirit. But the thing is that the old nature had trained your mind and your body to function a certain way because you are spirit, you are soul, and you are body. So when your spirit changes, you might find that at times your mind and your body is still behaving according to the pattern it was in those days. That doesn't make you a sinner. No. It, it just needs you to renew your mind to the truth of who you are. Renew your mind. The Bible says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may know what is the good, holy, acceptable, and perfect will of God in Christ Jesus. For, for he who has died has been freed. Oh, ah, there's a revelation on the word freed. And there's a difference between being freed and being free. Huh? No, you can be locked in this place and you are chained, say, you're in this place. And then someone comes and opens the doors of this place. That means they have freed you. You are free to walk out and live a different life and not be confined to the walls of this building. But some people still remain in the building. The truth is that they are freed, but they are not free. So every believer is freed from sin. Hmm? Every believer is freed from sin because we have died. So we are freed in our spirits from sin. But <laughs> most of us are not free from the acts of sin. I'm not saying that makes you a sinner. No, you are righteous, but you probably need to experience and walk out intentionally because there is, it's intentional. You don't just sit. I've been freed and you stay seated in the building. No. For you to experience your freedom, you need to take steps and you walk out, which we are going to look at. We are freed from sin. Ah, I don't have time. Uh, Romans 6, 8 to 10. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. Hmm? Death no longer has dominion over him. For that death that he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise also, friends, reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. To be dead indeed to sin. Reckon yourselves. Regard yourself to be dead indeed to sin. Because that is where righteous living starts. 
Righteous living does not start with you thinking, oh God, I am a sinner, please forgive me. I am a sinner, save me by your grace. No, 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 that's not where it starts. It starts with you understanding that you're a saint. Recon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. To be irresponsive to, <laughs> I've forgotten the word. It was a nyonga zeo. <laughs> to be irresponsive to, to, to a nyonga zeo. Reckon yourselves to be pilots of a plane, not to be drivers of a car on the Kampala roads. Reckon yourself to be dead indeed to sin. It starts with you seeing yourself that way. I mean, you wake up and say, mm, I'm the righteousness of God. Some guy was smoking over and over again. And he wanted to be free. And someone told him, no, no, we don't need to pray for you. You don't need to go to rehab. The next time you find yourself smoking as you exhale that smoke, say, I'm the righteousness of God. So the guy started smoking. I'm the righteousness of God. Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm the righteousness of God. Before long, he, like, he couldn't find it in himself to smoke. If you're struggling with an addiction, I just gave you medicine. Next time you find yourself doing it, as, uh, if you're doing it, or as you're doing it, or after you've done it, or before you do it, say, I'm the righteousness of God, because that is who you are. The grip of sin will just vanish. Because he says, reckon yourselves to be dead, indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Our behavior is a fruit of our identity or belief system. That is why I'm emphasizing the truth that you need to reckon yourself to be dead indeed to sin. If we believe, if we know, if we accept completely the truth that we died with Christ and therefore died to sin, we will live as free people. You know, um, a fact or a truth, no, a fact cannot change your life. Your perception of the fact is what changes your life. Hmm? A fact cannot change your life. Mm -hmm. Let's say, like what fact? Um, Nalufenia was closed. Hmm? Let's assume that's a fact. Nalufenia was closed. Now, to you and I, Oh, or to some of us here. Nalufenya being closed means nothing to us. For some of us here, we don't even know what Nalufenya is. We don't even know where it is. We don't even know what it looks like. I've been there. Not as a criminal. <laughs> I grew up in Jinja. So I, I know Nalufenya very well. Before they constructed that bridge from the old bridge, we used to pass around Nalufenya. There was a route somewhere there. But Nalufenya being closed might mean nothing to you and I. Because we, it's, it's just a fact. It's a fact, Chidiao. But the perception, if say I am, who is this guy? Chirumi or Chitata or one of those people. If I am one of those people and they say Nalufenya has been closed, the way I perceive it, boy oh boy, will send me into excitement. And wululation or something. Of course, when they close that one, they will likely open another one. But, <laughs> but it's the perception.
action of that fact that affects the way you behave. So it is true that you and I are righteous. But your perception of that truth is what is going to affect the way you live your life. Do you believe the truth that you are righteous? Do you accept it? Do you walk around knowing I am righteous? I am eternally forgiven. It doesn't matter what I'm doing or what I've done. Because if... Okay, it matters to a certain extent. But <laughs> in the larger scheme of things, that's not what makes you righteous. Your perception of that truth is going to affect the way you live your life. Because your behavior is a fruit of your identity. A dog does not bark to become a dog. It barks because it is a dog. So you can bark all you want. You can walk on your foes all you want, but you will never be a dog. You'll be a human being behaving like a dog. I'll leave you to think about that. <laughs> Do you consider yourself dead to sin? We are dead to sin and alive to God. Dead things do not respond. Only what is alive responds. Uh -huh. Therefore, since you know that you're the righteousness of God, since you know that you are dead to sin, since you know that you have the license to fly, to fly the aeroplane, huh? since you know that you're not responsive to Anyonga Seo, he says, therefore, after understanding that truth, that is the order. You first understand that, then this verse comes in. You don't start with this to understand the other one. He says, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it and it, in its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of, right, of unrighteousness to sin. That shows that there is a choice, you know, that there is a choice for you and I. Because we are in control of our members. We are in control of our bodies. We decide where our bodies be. He's like, so because you know that you are righteous, he's like, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. That you should obey it in its class. Do not present your members. Do not present your signature as an instrument of unrighteousness. Do not present your gift, your business, your political office, your family, your words, do not present them as an instrument of unrighteousness to sin. It's a choice. You can wake up one day and say, I'm not presenting my members anymore to sin because I am the righteousness of God. I'm not presenting my signature to corruption. I'm not presenting my car to not staying in its land. It is your member. I'm not presenting my mouth to have to quarreling or whatever, speaking ill of someone. I'm not presenting my mind to thinking bad and evil of this person. I'm not presenting my music gift or whatever to derail people. You can choose. The choice is yours. <laughs> there is a song we used to sing. Ah, let me first finish before I sing the song. But present yourselves to God. He says, present your members to God. It's intentional. You wake up and say, Father, I present myself to you today as an instrument of righteousness. And he says, for sin shall not what? Are you reading that? For sin shall not have dominion over you. After you have understood the truth that you are righteous, and when you present your members to God, 
as instruments of righteousness, sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but you are under grace. About presenting your members, I remember the song, we went to Kamuli sometime on a mission. I don't remember the village. We found this guy singing a very interesting praise song. Some people know it. <laughs> I'll first translate for you. Oh, no, let me first sing it. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Stani wakuba kwisimuli omukoventi rongo number. Stani. Kuba kwisimuli omukoventi rongo number. Stani wakuba kwisimuli omukoventi rongo number. Mama, rongo number. Yeah, yeah, rongo. Mukobe, mama. Hey, yo, rongo. Rongo, rongo number, mama. Hey, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, rongo number. Rongo number. <laughs> Jesus, you people. I need to finish this somewhat. Anyway, <laughs> when the devil gives you a call, pick him and say, yo, 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 this is a wrong number. When sin tries to call you, <laughs> That's a wrong number. They are dealing a number that is not available. Not at the moment. The telephone number you have called is not available forever. Please don't try it again. Ever. Watch together. It's a wrong number. They're, they're addressing the wrong person. That, me? No, no, no. That is not me. I am sinner? Me? No, 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 no. That's a wrong number. These people were singing it. I don't know whether they sang it with this revelation, but <laughs> it was a beautiful praise song. We, in fact, imported it to our church in Ginger after. And we used to use it for praise and worship on crusades and things like that. Anyway, do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to who? To God. For we always have a choice. We have a choice. Friends, you have a choice. The power of sin, the law has been destroyed. We are free to choose life. We are free to choose to live righteously. We are free to do that. In summary, in Christ, we received a totally new nature. We are pilots. We no longer drive those cars on Kampala Road. We are pilots. We have a license. Our life is higher. Our life is a life of righteousness. We are not responsive to Anyonga Seyo. It is a wrong number. The number is not available forever. They should never try it again ever. That's a good rhyme. Because you are the righteousness of God. Because of God's grace, we are slaves of righteousness, not sin. We always have a choice. We have a choice. God bless you. Do we have any questions? Any comments, additions? Feedback? Someone is coming. Thank you so much, Ivan. Um, help me and bring Romans 6.6, 6, please. 
Romans 6 6 Yeah Does that slide? 6 6 Okay, maybe I'll have to, to paraphrase it. It says that knowing this, that the body of sin might, you know, come on. I know it in King James and I'm trying to, you know, mix it up with what I saw today. There's that slide you had. If, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him that the body of sin might be done away with. The body of sin. Now, when someone dies, usually, uh, if I died right now, if you went outside and maybe I paused and I died like this, you know, you may come in and I, I still look the same. No, I'm not going to die. But what am I trying to bring is how old man died when Christ comes into your life and accept him to be your personal Lord and Savior the Bible says you're a new creature now you have been born again in your spirit when you got born again it's your spirit that was born again in the family of God your mind and your body were not now sin the old sin nature left behind a body that presents itself as before the same way if I die today and I still look the same you know I'm dead but I look the same with my bald head you know when your old signature went away, it left behind a body, and that body is the unrenewed mindset. Okay? That's why he says that do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed through the renewing of your mind. You need to know that your address changed. Anytime you find yourself, maybe once in a while, you know, you're falling short and presenting yourself, uh, you know, in your members, somehow you're doing things that not actually uh, are not in line with who you are the righteousness of God it does not mean you are a sinner but you see your mindset was programmed like he said to work according to the, all your life before you got born again that was a long time you have been programmed to work that way but you see you have to continually renew your mind reminding yourself of who you are that you're one spirit with him and you know what? Before you know it, you will come to that realization. And you know, I am the righteousness of God. Your mind starts now, you know, performing and working according to who you truly are. Your spirit is the core you. And your body becomes a living sacrifice before you know it. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0312-281-555.